Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast is a Christ-centered podcast. Established in 2019 and hosted weekly by Pastor Chris Busher. Addressing a host of topics such as the Great Commission, Christian discipleship, and often featuring interviews with special guests who are experts in their field. The views and events expressed on this podcast and all related materials belong solely to their author and not necessarily to the author's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. While all attempts are made to present accurate information, some information may become outdated over time. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast makes every attempt to timely update any and all such information. Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Once again, my name is Dallas here. Today, we have a very, very special guest. I always say we have a special guest, but today, Ethan Jansen is a very, very special guest. So, Just to give you a little insight of who is sitting in front of me today, Ethan is a missionary in Cambodia. Ethan, how old are you? Uh, I'm 23 this year. Ethan is 23 years old. He is a man after God's own heart. And he has been in Cambodia for the last three or four years, maybe five. How many years, Ethan? Almost almost four four years. Almost four years. So Ethan is a a missionary in Cambodia. He originated in, in Alberta, Canada, Cochrane. Cochrane, Cochrane, Alberta, Canada. Yeah, yeah, I got it. I got it. And just uh, Ethan and I have done missions together. We were bunk mates in our tr- missionary training yeah, school we in YWAM. We were bunk mates in Asia, in Thailand, and Cambodia. And Ethan and I have shared some amazing meals together. We'll talk about that yeah, as we get on today. And we enjoyed some amazing experiences together. God has done some really cool things. And our friendship has continued through the years as we did our training school together. And Ethan stayed in Cambodia. What the heck? So we're going to talk about that today. We're going to let Ethan introduce himself, how he found the Lord, why he's a believer today, what his call was to missions, why he stayed in Cambodia. And so I'm super excited to have you on the show today, Ethan. How are you? Yeah. Bro, I'm so good. This is such a, an amazing privilege to be able to, um, yeah, just to really share what God's heart has been from the very beginning over the nation of Cambodia, how God has had this calling in my life and me actually being able to find that calling four years ago and that passion that, yeah, the Lord wanted to uh, bestow over me to come here and to serve the youth. Um, amazing. Amazing. Yeah, it's so and good. just can you introduce our Cambodian audience today just say something in in Khmer for our audience yeah Cambodia wow a round of applause for Ethan you have been really, really dedicating yourself to learning the language right Yes, it, it, it's late here. So my Khmer is still a little bit, I feel like sometimes my, my mind starts to shut down uh, as as the day comes to an end. But a second language is such a blessing. Yeah, it's amazing, Ethan. And you, what time is it there right now? Just to give our audience a perspective. Uh, it is 8.12 at night. So it's 8.12, it's 10 a.m. here in Brazil. So you are literally on the other side of the world right now. Yes. Yes, it's crazy. It's crazy. So, Ethan, thank you so much again for joining us. And we're going to give you the floor, the opportunity just to share a little bit of your personal testimony, how you met the Lord and how it kind of changed your life. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I, I grew up in a Christian home. Um, I've known who God was from the very beginning. And I would say since I've been able to really experience the, uh, the world past just Canada, like I've seen how much of a privilege it is to grow up in a Christian home when you see mm-hmm. that some people fight so hard to have that relationship with God and that I just had it given to me uh, right from birth. And um, I would say, yeah, that I... Uh, I grew up in the church, uh, grew up knowing about missions, but I, I would say like in my, in my time in church, like I didn't really get to fully tangibly see uh, what it meant to like experience just God moving until I actually went in missions for itself. Um, I would say uh, growing up, I was in like a time where um, I struggled with, like I struggled with ADHD and autism that's just how I was born um, and it was a big struggle for me actually growing up I felt like I didn't fit in that I was an outsider people didn't accept me um, and it was just a really tough time uh, through school going up until uh, my time um, yeah until my time like my high school years when finally there's teachers that really understood me that were able to champion me and that's where I really found out who I was and it just drove me further uh, to achieve what I want to achieve. Um, yeah, so I would say that like my time, my time growing up was rough, um, but God didn't uh, didn't just like use those rough times for nothing. That He also was shaping me through those times. And by the time that I was sixteen, I was actually uh, working in the church. I was uh, leading youth groups. Uh, yeah, working with the youth groups that we had every Wednesday. Uh, and I was starting to kind of see where God was actually wanting me to be serving uh, full time. I um, actually, um, well, I'll go, I'll go into later when you ask further questions. But yeah, I would say that it's been such a blessing as I've been able to grow up uh, just being surrounded in a community, in a family that loves the Lord. Yeah, it makes all the difference. Right. It makes all the difference. And you're you said your experience yeah. in Cambodia that Cambodia culture, I mean, Thailand culture, other nations cultures, it's not the same as 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 Canada. And we'll talk about that, too. But it was no. such a blessing for you to grow up in a Christian home. This is what I want to provide for my son from his birth, you know, growing up in a Christian home, experiencing the presence of the Lord from a young age. This is what I want. And that's what you had. Yeah, yeah. So you're living my son's dream right now. So <laughs> That's amazing. Awesome. That's awesome. So it is let's so go a little good. bit. Let's go a little bit deeper into your call to missions. So, what? How old were you when you decided, I want to, I want to do missions? You're listening to the Faith and Family Fellowship podcast. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. Are you feeling stressed, angry, tired, confused, unhappy with your current weight or your sugars? Are you ready to lose weight to prevent diabetes or even reverse diabetes? You just need the right health servant to guide you. If so, the His Health Servant app is for you. Find more information by searching His Health Servant on the Apple Store or Google Play today. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Spoiler alert, nothing. This Bible verse has endured over the centuries as a reminder that we can't put a price tag on what matters most. Yet time and time again, Businesses have put profits above all, leading to the greatest extinction of other creatures since the dinosaurs. Except this time, the meteor is us. 
Find more by searching What Does It Profit podcast on your favorite podcast application. Yeah, so uh, the time that I remember uh, when I felt that call to missions, I was actually 17, 17 years old, so I wasn't even 18 yet. Uh, and my family, we still lived out on an acreage. We were on a farm, and we had this really nice yard, pasture with horses, donkeys, chickens, you name it, we had it. Um, and in the back of our yard, we had like this hammock and I, this was probably, I believe it was, uh, just before the summertime. So it was spring, but it was just a nice spring day. I was laying on the hammock and just kind of just taking time in with the Lord. And during that time, like my parents, they've always been sharing with me, um, when I finish high school, I should do YWAM or should you like Cape and Reed do something like mission related, where I can get some biblical foundations in my life. My parents were always just speaking that over me. And during that time when I was laying on that hammock, uh, the Lord really spoke to me personally. And he was, uh, he put, he put YWAM actually on my heart. Uh, Cause my parents, like, I remember my parents talking about that and all of a sudden just kind of came to mind. And I was like, okay, YWAM. But like I, during that time as well, I had the mindsets that I was just going to, like if I was going to do miss, like missions or Bible school, it would only be for a season. And then I was going to come back and I'm going to do like like military police is kind of where I was headed. But, you know, like sometimes we have those expectations. We have those places that we want to go. But God has something totally different uh, and it doesn't end up going. Well, anyways, during that time when I was on that hammock and the Lord put YOM on my heart, I um, actually... Ended up going to my room, um, opened up my computer. I searched YWAM, and the first place that came up was YWAM Honolulu. And, and why, why Honolulu? Why you're so far? Why, why is that the first thing that came up? You know, maybe, maybe that's where I think that's just where God wanted me to go. Like that was the first result on uh, my Google search with YWAM was Honolulu. So wow. I ended up, I ended up searching on that website, seeing what they had to offer, and. Just like that, it caught my interest. I was like, okay, I'm going to do a DTS. I'm going to do it uh, like the January, following January. So the time that I felt this calling was uh, like spring, just like before the summertime. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm going to sign up for the school in January the next year. Uh, and that's January 2019. Or no, January. Yeah. 2019. January yeah, that's 20... when we That's when we went. Yeah. 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 It's, it feels so, like so long, but um yeah, January 2019. And uh, that moment I registered for Youth of the Mission, I received the acceptance, uh, like letter back, like basically that uh, I've been accepted for that school. And that was the the moment that I was like, okay, uh, I'm like, I'm going to do a DTS. Yeah, I, I still didn't, I didn't have the finances for it. But you know, like I, I was that was the time when I was really testing God's provision uh, in providing for that. Mm-hmm. And within that time, uh, within January, I actually work, started working full time. I was like, I like I felt like this is what God was wanting me to do. So I worked super hard to save up money. So I, I saved up over ten thousand uh, dollars to, mm-hmm. to do my DTS and all that. And um, yeah, during that time, the Lord just provided above what I was actually needing. Um, and I did my DTS. Um and it was such an amazing time. But that was the key time where God uh, brought missions into my life. And you it's, know, in, it's incredible. DPS. 17 years old. I mean, yeah. most of us are trying to figure out life at 17, not willing to give ourselves to go into the nations. I mean, 
you left so many things behind, Ethan, and you've been in missions. You've stayed in Cambodia for four years almost. I mean, yeah. let's just tell our audience what you're missing out on. You're missing out on birthdays. You're missing out on family. You're, you have a, a niece, I think, right? A Christmas. Is, I have mul- yeah, multiple nieces, nephews. Multiple nieces yeah. and nephews. I mean, this is the call to missions. Yeah. Leave your mother and father. Go out. Leave your country. Leave your culture. Leave your comfortability and go and serve the Lord no matter what. I've been able, I've missed marriages. I've missed many, many things, but I wouldn't trade it for my sisters. No, for sure. Um, Yeah. Like I watched my sister's wedding over zoom. Um, And you know, like that's, that's just the reality of some things when you, yeah, when you come to missions. Um, But you know, like I would say, yes, it's, it's hard sometimes not joining your family's things, but there's just a, a certain peace that the Lord gives you when you're out in the mission field that somehow just makes up for that thing that you feel like you're missing where somehow the Lord just fills that gap. And like, yes, I love my family and I want to spend time with them, but I don't have that, like, like that tugging desire that, Oh, I need to get back home. Like that, that's never really like my my mindset. Uh, And I think that that's definitely a blessing from the Lord too, that, and an uh, affirmation of like the calling that the Lord has put on my life, that this is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. And let's yeah. talk a little bit about your time in Cambodia. So what are you doing? What is your day spent like? And what are some of the projects you've been a part of? Yeah. So um, when I came when I came to Cam- Cambodia um, and I joined on full time staff here, I actually uh, served for two years with a ministry called Jeevit's House. Um, actually, in Khmer, the word Jeevit means life. and It was a life house. And this was a, a children's sponsorship where uh, we were able to actually uh, walk in the tough places with these families that were struggling with bringing their children to education and being able mm-hmm. to sponsor them, put their child into a good private school, being able to support them with food as well as personal one-on-one discipleship with them, uh, like with their kids, as well as as their kids are at school, we actually had some personal time with the parents as well in their homes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a ministry that I was working with. Uh, and it was such an it's such an amazing ministry. Um, that was for two years. I am now um, working with the Youth Development Center. I actually had a chance to do that with Dallas when we came to Cambodia uh, the first time. That was the ministry that we were serving in, uh, and it's an amazing opportunity. It's uh, the Youth Development Center has over four hundred youth that come through every single day uh, to learn English, and I think it's one of the prime ministries right now in Cambodia. Uh, is learning English that that's such a desired skill to have in a life of a Cambodian, an Asian, uh, or like typical, like a foreigner that has their dream to like go abroad, like they want English. Mm-hmm. And you know, like uh, English is such an amazing skill, but also through that, we're able to cultivate relationships with these youth. We're, be, uh, we're able to, yeah, go out for coffee with them, go and get spicy noodles and really intentionally be like one-on-one with uh these these youth and uh yeah immerse them in uh god's love and the gospel yeah that was one thing that kind of led me astray was understand like coming from america the american dream going to hawaii to do our missions training going to asia and everyone speaks english i'm like oh this is this is so easy to be a missionary like there's no language barrier like i can totally go to brazil no problem I was led astray because a very, very small percentage of Brazilians actually speak English compared to Thailand and Cambodia. A lot of the young people speak English in in Cambodia. 
Yeah, well, they, like they say that there's the YOM cult, like the YOM culture. So on the campus, the YOM bubble there, there's a lot of English speakers. But once you leave that that bubble and you get into like the deep in the bush village of Cambodia, and yeah. you don't know that you don't know their language, you're just you're you're lost. Yeah, there's well, no English. Do. That's now. that's your advantage. You do know the language, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So and there you, know, you go. That's, no, that's that's how I learned the language. Actually, was putting myself in those uncomfortable places, yeah. spending time in the village with one-on-one with the families, learning how a child would learn a language. And I think that's the best that's skill, incredible. the best way to learn uh, another language. What do you think have been some of your most memorable experiences so far? I think I think there's like good or bad. <laughs> Ooh, let's go bad first, and then we'll go to the good. <laughs> Okay, I would say the bad one was actually shared with with Dallas. Uh, oh, the time no. that, <laughs> uh, you know, in Cambodia, there's a common thing that uh, some people like to eat that we would think is pretty weird in the Western world, and that is dog meat. Uh, and oh. Dallas and I, we actually were adventurous, and we we're uh, there. Are some Cambodians that are inviting us to go out to try this dog meat, and uh, we ended up going and trying it. It wasn't bad. But it was the thought that we were eating a dog, like some type of poodle or something, at this restaurant. And the what makes this a bad experience is that we both got really, really sick. And this is when Dallas was actually sharing that uh, we, yeah, we shared a bunk bed together with one bathroom. So you can oh, use man. your imagination. Those those <laughs> details, man, man. Yeah. So I would say that was. Probably the worst time it traumatized me. <laughs> yeah. So you, you never went I, back. You're telling me you never experienced this a second time. I I have, and I I didn't I didn't have problems a second time, but that first time still scared me. So now <laughs> it's like a month, like a weekly thing you do. No, no. Okay. It's like a once and then never again kind of thing. Never again. So p- yeah. many 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 people ask me this. I use this as like a conversation starter, but. What does it taste like? People always ask me this, and I'm like, I don't even remember. Like, I don't even remember. Can you can you remind me, Ethan? What's it? What was it tasting like? Because I don't even remember. Um, yeah, I would say it's like if you if you got pork and chicken and mixed it together, and it's kind of fatty. That that would be like what. That. Okay, so that helps like me that. with my description because I don't I don't remember. I just remember it was a horrible experience, <laughs> and I was so caught up in the the thought of it all at the moment i couldn't remember the taste okay i would say that now i have i have an iron stomach like i eat everything here and And so we have eaten scorpions we have eaten beetles we We did lots of stuff lots of stuff yeah yeah and that's 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 actually that sounds weird but that's a normal snack here like they have carts on the side of the road where you can get fried grasshoppers fried um like larvas and like Things that we would think that aren't meant to be eaten, they eat here. Yeah, and I think yep. that's also maybe something that's fulfilling what God has called us to do—to eat from the land. And they're really showing that that they're they eating are from doing the land. It. They you know? are doing it. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think has been your best experience so far? Um, I think just serving emissions, my serving emissions, and experiencing a new, like a new culture. Well, it's a culture that God has created but really being able to just be immersed to learn from a new people group um and really see just how they love one another and being able to 
come with an open mind to uh, also not come with my own expectations, but to learn from them as well. Mm-hmm. What has been I, I the biggest that, challenge that you faced while being there? I would say the biggest challenge it's uh, it was learning the language. And show us your shirt, Ethan, if you can, because this is the language, guys. Yeah. This. These are words. <laughs> I don't know what yeah. this means, but it looks uh, like it says. In Khmer, it, it, uh, in Khmer it, it says, which means youth movement. Youth movement, man. So yeah. I'm, can you imagine the language? They're not even letters. They're just squiggles. Like, how would you learn this? But how, how long did, would you say it took you to feel confident in the language? Uh, I would say that like, after around six months, um, I was able to like hold basic conversations. Uh, I got very comfortable where I was leading one-on-ones uh, by a year and a half, and then two years, it was okay. That's amazing. Yeah. And now you're no limit. No. But limit. the time that like the I would say the challenge of learning this language uh, would be like the habit of wanting to respond in English. Hmm. Uh, and that's the thing, like, if you if you keep speaking English, you know, like, that's going to become your habit. And you're just going to, like, it's going to be really hard to get out of that. So at the beginning stages of learning a language, you have to, like, fight your mind Immersive. to not respond mm-hmm. in English. So it's almost like, let's say this is a wall, this is my head, like, I'm hitting the wall constantly. Eventually, that wall is going to come over. And mm-hmm. then there's going to be another wall. And then you're hitting your head on that wall. And that wow. was the state. So you're really encouraging us to learn another language, Ethan. <laughs> hit your head <laughs> against the wall and then hit your head against another wall and you learn no, the that language. You know, God enables us to to do the things that he calls. Uh, yeah. And that that's just a testimony. Like, Come on. I, I'm not going to say that it was easy, but, you know, like I, I felt the Lord's presence through that entire time of learning it. And, you know, if I look back, I wouldn't I wouldn't give away any of the times that I that I had. Yeah. It's like encouraging I, to me. Being here in yeah. Portuguese is the local language, and I'm not fluent in Portuguese yet, but I also haven't put in the hard work like you have to learn the language. I have learned from yeah. living in the culture. You know, I haven't studied the link, the language, and that's my, it's my bad. So you really encourage me, Ethan. I'm, I need to find a wall, and I need to hit my head against and it. Sounds like hitting your head again. <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm gonna look for that after we get off the call here. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's talk yeah. a little bit about the testimonies. So you mentioned that was a testimony. What are some other amazing things that you've been able to take part in, in your time in Cambodia? Yeah. Like, um, like regarding, regarding ministry or regarding ministry, uh, regarding anything else, like anything, go ahead, anything. Yeah. Um, I would, I would say, uh, there was actually just recently a few, a few weeks back. Um, there is, there's been times where I've also and I think most Christians go through this where sometimes they they question their faith, you know, and that's mm-hmm. something that the enemy tries to poke in our minds and tries to uh, confuse us of who we are as children of God. And um, a few weeks ago, uh, we had just a, our normal Sunday service at church and uh, things were going really well. We actually, before the service starts, we pray that the Lord would touch the individuals' hearts that are coming there and listening to uh, the sermon from the pastor, that we are, we're putting them on our hearts. We're, we're giving them to the Lord to, to do what he needs to do. And, you know, like that's like our habit that we do every single Sunday. Well, this Sunday was a special Sunday. We had a, we had someone that came in 
out of the service and whatever the message was that was being spoken spoke to her and she actually started manifesting demons wow. uh, and she had a full on uh yeah episode of demonic possession and you know this was also a time where i was like in a in a like a moment where i was kind of questioning like do i actually have the authority you know like like going through those like cycles in my mind that were unhealthy and through this time of uh like seeing this happen right in front of me we actually were able to see uh us pray over this girl receive freedom from from that like she was like we were speaking authority to her face and she was just screaming right back at us and you know we were able to just speak authority that demon left and she's now a full believer, a Christian that's coming every single Sunday now to our church. And, you know, like that was something so crazy, so crazy like that. You wouldn't like, I'm sure it happens in the Western world, but you know, like something just so crazy that happened here. And it was like a wake up, like a refreshing, Mm -hmm. it actually kind of motivated me to continue moving forward as I saw God just do this amazing thing. And I was like, wow, it is the real deal. What we're doing here. I you think know? this is happening in the West, Ethan, but I think we make the demons pretty comfortable and I think they stay pretty long. You know, I don't think we, we create yeah. enough environments where they want to leave. You know what I mean? Because when no, you come into sure. the presence of the Lord, like, like you were having in that service, the demons no, for sure. can't be, you know, the demons want to leave that place and where the, yeah, you know, like, you know, there's, they, they, they want to, they want to show us that they have authority, but they don't, you know? Yep. And yep. That, that was what this girl was screaming mm. to us. Like, like calling us out that that like how terrible people we are and that we're not welcome here. Well, we were just speaking about, no, you're not welcome here. And, you know, like we were, we were just speaking script scripture. It was such an amazing time as well. As intense as it was, we brought guitars in this room. We played worship. We sang and praised the Lord. And that demon was out of there. What an amazing experience, scary, yeah. terrifying, but amazing to see that. I mean, Jesus cast out demons. The apostles no, cast out demons. Too. Demons are active yeah. around today. They need to be cast out. So that's so yeah. amazing, Ethan. I want to talk to you more about that when we finish up here today, because that is incredible. That's no, an incredible for sure. experience. For sure, for sure. So let's talk a little bit more about the culture of Cambodia versus the culture of Canada. And for me, the culture of the US. And what was the first experience? Did you have culture shock when you first arrived there in 2019 when we were there together? I actually did not, which which sounds kind of crazy because I've I've heard some horrific stories of some people coming from the Western world to these third world countries and just completely shutting down. Um, and I didn't really have that same experience. It might have it might have been there, but I there's nothing noticeable that I felt. I was more just in awe of just everything I was seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I relate to that. I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I didn't have culture shock either when we arrived in first Thailand and then Cambodia. And yeah, it, it just, it was, I, my eyes were opening for the first time. Like, wow, this world is so big. Like there are different people, different languages, like this. Living different lives. This is crazy. But they're they're also nope. doing the same thing I'm doing, going to work every day. You know, they're trying to go to school. They're They're, you know, trying to get by. So- I understand. How about reverse culture shock? This is also something that people experienced. Did you have this when you returned back to Canada? I did actually. And and that was, well, not, no, I wouldn't say during the time coming from uh, 
our like our time that we spent on outreach going back. But I would say the time that I came back to Cambodia to serve here full time, I was here for um, almost yeah for three Christmases. I missed being back mm-hmm. home. Uh, so if imagine the amount of time that I spent here, and then finally going home and just realizing that people actually follow the rules on the road. <laughs> that, was that, I, <laughs> yeah, that was something that I yeah that was something that I. And there's times where I made the mistake, actually, where I people honk their horns for everything here to, to just let people know that you're there. Well, when I was back in Canada, I accidentally honked my horn at someone and they flipped the bird at me. And it was not I, I wasn't angry at them or anything. It was just like a habit. It was like a second nature kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that that's a form of culture shock in a way. And I was just. Yeah, just how people do things like I, I used to think that everyone is just so rude they they don't duck when they walk in front of me like what is this mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah and talking about the some of the cultural things like taking off your shoes when you go inside in in asia this is totally normal in america and yeah. canada of course it's not this way touching the child's head we experience this showing the bottom of your foot one other thing what are some of those other things oh the squatty potties <laughs> Going to the going oh, to realize that, that there are not toilet paper in the bathroom, like that's one of the craziest things to experience. You know, you know, like I've actually um, came to accept that so much here as a blessing in itself. You, we call it the bum gun. Uh, the bum like gun. we don't have toilet paper, but we have something called a wow. bum gun, and it is the best thing ever. I try to explain it to my family back home. They don't yet grasp it. But when they come in October, I'm I'm gonna make sure that they use that bum gun. I'm not gonna be there, but I'm gonna make sure that they <laughs> You're use gonna it. be there. We actually I've seen some of these in, in Brazil, but people yeah. don't use it. It's like in only a couple houses that I've seen, but it's not normal here yeah, yeah. either. And it's I find it's actually more cleaner than than what people use toilet paper and it's it's amazing i i I don't want to get too graphic to our audience but let's just explain what this is what is a bum gun if you do say so go ahead ethan (laughs) yeah uh pgk yes i oh 100 i i don't need any other details than what i'm gonna say (laughs) Uh, um yeah so a bum gun is similar let's say like in the western world you know, like you have that little spray gun kind of thing beside the sink and you use that to like spray dishes. Well, here in like um, an Asian and European, some European countries have that similar thing, but it's beside a toilet. And they use that to spray instead of using toilet paper. Um, and I thought it was pretty, pretty strange. Like when I, when I first tried it out, but you know, like... <laughs> I've, I've come to like it. And that was a culture shock thing going back home. I was like, wow, Where I have to go it? back to this stuff, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, just the, the differences. And going out hot into showers. the hot showers. Another that, thing. that was a culture shock for me. I I had the longest time where I didn't have a hot shower. And then being I remember the, one of our our first villages that we were in, in Phong, Thailand, remember, with the we stayed at that yes. church. And we were like, yeah, we're missionaries. We're going to take a shower. And we go and it was cold. And I'm like, oh, this is suffering for the Lord. And then we realized you just have to turn on the hot water part, like the, the switch. And yeah. it was hot water. We didn't have to take a cold shower in Thailand at that. At we, that were, we were doing cold showers for like the but longest time. We were doing time. cold showers because we thought we were missionaries. Yeah, I'll <laughs> never forget that. I'll never forget that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I I now do have hot shower and it's a blessing. Uh, but I I I usually actually there's sometimes where I don't use it just because it feels so nice because we have such extreme hot weather here. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing that's a bit of a a bit of a culture change is just how how hot it is here. Yeah. What do you miss the most about Canada? Besides your family, of course. Yeah, I would say like good family. Oh, I can't use family, I guess. I, I would say, like, yeah, I would say maybe the the closeness of like McDonald's. That's something that I actually realized as much as I think it's garbage. When I go home, I'm like, wow, I actually did kind of miss this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well- it, they have i don't remember there are mcdonald's in cambodia or no because uh, there are no, starbucks, so i know that there's yeah there's starbucks there's carl's jr there's Krispy cream that's all in the capital but here in like Badambong, we just that's actually the city that i'm serving in here in cambodia i don't think i mentioned that um but here in the city we we just got a starbucks uh we actually just uh, a few weeks ago Got a 7-Eleven. I saw that on your Instagram or your Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just so exciting. And that's kind of a little comfort from home too. Mm -hmm. Um, And anytime I go to Thailand, I go to 7-Eleven. Thailand, 7-Eleven's like you could eat a whole meal there. Like it's insane. The the McDonald's here, there's a lot of things that Brazil has that America has, but it's different. It's not the same type of McDonald's. Like the McDonald's doesn't taste the same. The Doritos do not taste the same. The soda doesn't taste the same. Yeah. The ingredients, you know, there's just something different. And it's it's not as enjoyable as it was in the States. And so back home. Just a small no, for sure. There. It's small. I mean, what's the difference? You know, well, in Asia, you can get rice at McDonald's. In Hawaii, <laughs> we used to get those. What are those things called with the spam? The spam musubis. Musubis, yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are delicious. That's actually one thing that I had when I was, um, what was it? Just this past January this year, I had the opportunity to go and visit the YWAM campus in Honolulu. And, oh, I filled up on Spam Musubis. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to put yeah. these pictures in in the, the video today so our audience understand what we're talking about. Because it all sounds so foreign. <laughs> like, what are you saying? So we'll, we'll have to yeah. show some, some pictures here. Um, yeah, let's yeah. see something else. What do you think has been the biggest personal growth? that you've experienced in your time in Cambodia? Yeah, I would say I never, I never thought that I could be, um, yeah, like a leader, let's say like before, like I never thought that I could lead things like that was really what my calling was until I came here. And the Lord really highlighted that in my life that I am a leader, you know, like uh, the Bible talks about us being fishers of men, like we're leading people. um, And yeah, just the opportunity to be able to work with the YDC. I, I am leading a class. I'm helping people grow and develop in uh, a second language. And yeah, I would say leadership is something that really, uh, um, yeah, the Lord has helped me grow in uh, since yeah. coming here. Yeah. And what do you expect the future to be for you? So, I mean, of course, we don't know, but are you just feeling like you're going to stay in Cambodia for a long time? Are you going to, What what is it like? Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I would say for me, like if I were to leave Cambodia, I would need a really strong calling from the Lord to leave. Um, so like I, and that's kind of like my answer. Like I would say I'm here indefinitely until the Lord really puts a strong calling that no, I need you to go somewhere else. Um, yeah. as well as like, 
I spent so much time learning this language that I want to get my time out with the language. (laughs) (laughs) It wouldn't make sense to learn this language, spend all this time hitting my head on walls and then just leaving, you know? And then just go, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's probably not very many people in in Canada that speak Khmer. Probably. There's there's one shop that sells wedding rings um, in my town and they're Cambodians. They left during the Khmer Rouge. Um, And you were speaking... Kamai with them when Speaking you were back. Kamai with them, yeah. When I, when they I were probably home, I mind blown. <laughs> like, who is this guy? Yeah. Well, the thing is, though, their Kamai, they, they were saying that my Kamai actually sounds different, that there's words that I knew that they hadn't heard before because they left in such an old time in Cambodia. Uh, so they were they left in like the 70s when it. Wow. Yeah. When yeah it, for those who don't know about the history of the Kamai Rouge, Kamai is a pretty new nation. Uh, with all the things yeah. that have happened recently. Let, let's actually talk about that. You said you celebrated 90 years of the gospel. Uh, 100 years, 100 years. 100 years, sorry. You guys celebrated yeah. 100 years of the gospel in Cambodia. What was this like? You guys had this big event. You told me some things on the phone the other day. Yeah, no, it was it was an amazing time. I can send you some pictures too of just, yeah, what that time looked like. We had every single missions organization meeting in the capital um, city of uh, Phnom Penh, Cambodia. Uh, we had over 40,000 people in one place worshiping God, celebrating 100 years of the gospel hitting ground here in this nation. Um, it was it was unreal. And, you know, like the craziest thing, too, is uh, Cambodia is like their foundation is Buddhist, um, like hin- like Hindu Buddhist background. Uh, and we actually we had the the prime minister of Cambodia and had people in the government that actually joined in during that time uh, and got to experience this 100-year anniversary of the gospel. Um, and it was just such an amazing time. Like, people were actually asking, they're like, who are all these people in these blue shirts uh, that are, like, just such great servants? They're setting up chairs. They're helping with security. They're doing this, doing that. Uh, and it was actually our whole YOM team of people from all the different provinces in Cambodia meeting together. And, we and were, if you could put a number on how many people were serving that day from the YWAM, what would you say? Oh, easily over 400. Wow. Wow. See, just, yeah. to, just to give our audience a perspective of how big this movement is in Cambodia, yeah. you guys are after one nation and one generation. Talk a little bit about yes. what that is and what this means for, for the gospel. Yeah. So, um, uh, what, what Dallas was saying, actually, uh, Cambodia was hit with the Khmer Rouge. Uh, and that went from 1975 to 79. Uh, and with Pol Pot having the goal that he wanted um, a nation that uh, was very traditional, very like no one could be educated. They wanted a very simple lifestyle. Um, and with that being said, uh, a whole generation of people were wiped out. Doctors, teachers, uh, anyone with knowledge, if you had glasses, um, and it was a horrific time. It went from 1975 to 1979. And yeah, during that time, a whole generation was completely wiped out. And uh, what Cambodia used to be known as a very prosperous nation that was developing, it was growing really, really fast. And this time actually caused Cambodia to become war torn, where uh, when they used to have really rich, rich soil became blood soaked. Uh, and it, yeah, it had a huge toll on the development of Cambodia. So we would say that our nation right now is still a developing nation, but we're seeing so much growth, seeing so much things happening in this nation. So when we were praying many, many years ago, what, 
what we we feel like God's uh, mission is, what God wants to do in this nation. Uh, one of our leaders actually got the word one nation and one generation. Uh, it was the, the vision of like one apple seed, let's say. So let's, let's say you look at an apple. You can count how many seeds are in one apple, but you cannot count how many apples you'll get from one seed. And, you know, like uh, that multiplication that, that God wants to restore this nation with the younger generation of people. Um, and when Khmer Rouge ha- actually happened in this nation, it took out most of the older generation. So there's not many people over the age of 40 um, right now in Cambodia, which is insane when you think of it. Uh, but Cambodia is such a young nation. They're, they've been around for many, many years, but this caused them to start from ground zero all over again. Um, yeah. Does that kind of answer your question? It, it, a little it does. Bit? Yeah. And yeah. just to give, I'm going to, I'm going to add some pictures. I have to add pictures because for them to just understand how big this base is and what it has become and what it is doing, it, it's so incredible what God has doing yeah. in Cambodia and in Bottom Bang and in Phnom Penh. You spent some time in Phnom Penh as well, doing some like a uh in Poi Pet and Poi Pet. Poi Pet, okay, okay. Poi Pet, yeah. Wow. Yeah, Incredible. yeah. Incredible. Yeah, our, our our campus is actually one of the biggest uh Christian training centers in all of Southeast Asia, which to put that in perspective is insane, you know, like mm-hmm. just how God's provision and how how he's just blessed uh southeast asia with this campus to be able to uh see the younger generation being raised up being trained and sent out you know like it's amazing i want to talk a little bit about finances just to help you out ethan because as a missionary it's taxing it costs money to to serve and you you don't have a a traditional job to receive and earn money and pay your bills so how can our audience get behind you and support you in this way and what are some of the things that you need or what are some of the things you're praying for that we can partner with yeah, yeah. Um, I I've been uh, like from the time that I started in uh, missions, um, it was it was a struggle actually being able to get uh, churches and people uh, walking behind me uh, and supporting me. I, I would say that right now I'm not fully funded yet for my ministry uh, here in Cambodia, but I've seen God move and provide every single month, and that's been my motivation to keep going because I've seen God come through. And you know, there's something so special in that too. Like when, when you have that dependence on the Lord and you see him come through, you know, it's so encouraging. And it's like knowing that like God is your father, you're his child and he's just, he's going to take care of you. Yeah. Um, I, I would say like, um, you're asking like how people can be following. Yeah. How can uh, me they and join and support you? Maybe your social medias, maybe a, a giving link, yeah. something like that. So I, I have a newsletter that I send out uh, quarterly uh, in the year. Uh, so four times, four times a year, I send out a newsletter, just updating what God is doing in this nation, how how you can be partnering, how you can be praying. Um, I I have a link uh, to my Mailchimp where I send out my newsletter. Uh, I will send that actually to Dallas, uh, where you can put that on the description for you guys. Uh, if you're interested, you want to join in and see, uh, yeah, just what God is doing continually in this nation, as well as there's ways that you can support me uh, for Americans, as well as. Canadians. I am a Canadian. Uh, so if there's Canadians that are listening, there are ways that you can support. There's a PayPal link. Um, yeah, it would be amazing to be able to have more people joining in uh, and partnering with what God is doing through this nation and how he's been enabling me to work here as well. Yeah. Incredible. Ethan, thank you so yeah. much for all of your time here today, everything that you shared. I want to take this another episode, two episodes, three episodes. I want to meet regularly 
with you because yeah. I had so much fun today to reminisce of what God has done and what he's doing in your life yeah. and our time we spend together. If I could, if I could ask you one overall question, just as a playful ending here. Yeah. What is your favorite beach in all of the world? Can you tell me that? Your favorite beach? Ah, uh, I, I would say my favorite beach is actually in Honolulu, Hawaii. Uh, and there's, I have two favorites. I can't, I can't choose one or the other. There's, okay. there's two favorites. Uh, and I've, I've been able to actually share this beach uh, with Dallas. We, we would go there very regularly during our time in Hawaii. And the first one's called Makabu, Come on. as well as uh, Cockroach Cove. Cockroach um, Cove. It doesn't sound appealing like Cockroach Cove. Like who wants to go to a beach that's named Cockroach, you know? But it is the most beautiful beach, like the most scenic beach. If you've ever seen the movie Jurassic Park, um, and you've seen the scene where they're in those little like futuristic balls and they go off that cliff into that, that beach area. Uh, that's Cockroach Cove. They actually film part of Jurassic Park in that mm -hmm. area. Uh, so if, if you want to, if you want to know about it, uh, you can Google Jurassic Park beaches. Yeah. Uh, Cockroach Cove. Such a uh, good time doing our missions training in Hawaii. My dream is to get my waves, wife bro. back there and visit Hawaii and see the campus there in in Hawaii and all of those things. We, uh, we were talking about it a couple of days ago. We want to visit you. If the Lord wills us to go and visit you in Cambodia, you're still there. We are coming to visit. That's our hope. Yeah, you will. We, we want Let's to. Do it. We want to do it. So Let's Ethan, do it. thank you so much for all the things that you shared today. And if I can have you end with a prayer, just to pray for our audience and, and then we'll, we'll end out the podcast today. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. God, we just want to thank you for today, Lord. Thank you for this opportunity to be able to uh, come on the show, Faith and Family Fellowship podcast, Lord, and to be able to just share what you're doing in the nations, Lord, what you're doing through Cambodia with uh, the different people around the world, God. Lord, I just also want to pray, uh, yeah, just for the audience, for the people that are listening, Lord, whatever they're going through, whatever... Um, yeah, areas they are in their life, God, would you just bless them? Would you continue to just uh, fill them up with your spirit, continue to teach them as that's what you've called us to be, to be students, to be people that are learners, that are continually growing in our lives, God. Lord, we just thank you for uh, this opportunity. We say, God, continue to have your way, continue to move nations to see one nation transformed in one generation, God, raising up youth to go out and to preach your gospel, God, we pray for the Gen Zs. We pray that the Gen Zs of this generation, Lord, would also would also step up and they would bring change for your kingdom in this nation and in the surrounding nations, God. We just thank you and we give this all to you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You've just listened to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. With your host, Pastor Chris Busher. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast was recorded live in studio with final editing made before uploading. Subscribe today to Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. For more fantastic daily content, visit Pastor Chris Busher online via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Don't miss the next episode on Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.